everyone, and welcome to the Back Heeled Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on this episode, we're bringing back our must-watch MLS game rankings, the concept that we debuted here on the Back Heeled Show feed last week. So this week, we're diving into El Trafico and every other game from MLS Week 8, ranking them from 1 to 14. Yes, there are 14 games because MLS is a giant behemoth of a league. We're going to be ranking them from 1 to 14 based on how must-watchy they are. Entertainment, expectations, or star power, or narratives, or whatever it is, tactics, all that stuff. We're going to be running through the list from 1 all the way down to 14, and we're going to do it in 10 minutes or less. Because here on the Back Heel Show, that's just what we do. So without any further ado, let's get to it and talk rankings. All right, folks, here we go. Our first game, the must-watch game of the weekend. It's the obvious pick. It really is. It's El Trafico. It's the only game of the weekend on Sunday. LAFC are dominant. They're progressing in CCL. They're in the semifinals after beating Vancouver across two legs, and they've been borderline dominant in MLS play this year, too. The Galaxy, on the other hand, are missing multiple players via red card suspensions thanks to their meltdown against the Houston Dynamo last weekend and just in general appear to be in chaos right now. So El Trafico's always bring chaos, and now that the Galaxy seem to be a full-on meme club in MLS right now and LAFC are really good, this feels like a game that's ripe for chaos as well. They are top of this list. Number two in our must-watch rankings is maybe an under-the-radar game. It's Toronto FC at home taking on Atlanta United. Now, Toronto have been eh, not great this year. Lorenzo Insigne has played barely at all. And in general, they lack a ton of depth, but they play pretty soccer at times, as do Atlanta United. Atlanta came into NYCFC last weekend at Yankee Stadium and played some good soccer in a 1-1 draw. I'm expecting a lot of clean buildup, some nice possession play. There's superstars in this match between Bernadeschi and Almada. I think this game could be really fun, some end-to-end stuff, and just a lot of high-quality action. So they're number two on this list, Toronto against Atlanta United. Number three is St. Louis taking on FC Cincinnati. This game will be in St. Louis. They've crashed down to earth, Bradley Carnell's team, after starting the season with five wins in a row, but they still are an entertaining team. And the atmosphere at St. Louis' stadium, City Park, has been electric so far this year. So you've got that side of things. And then you have Cincinnati, a team with star power up front. They're still going to be sorting things out in, in midfield. They've dealt with some injuries there. Noel Bodo is, is not a guarantee for this game. But... Two high-power teams, teams that like to play direct, teams that have attacking quality, especially up front. I think this match could be really, really fun. Number four on the list is over in Cascadia. It's the Portland Timbers taking on the Seattle Sounders. Now, according to the bookmakers, even though this game is in Portland, and even though this rivalry is also usually crazy, the Seattle Sounders are the consensus favorites. And I think they are the favorites in this match. I think they should be. Seattle have been really, really good. Along with LAFC, they have been in a class of their own in the Western Conference based off of performances and results. They're a good team, and Portland are injured. They lost Eric Williamson midweek, or at least they officially lost Eric Williamson midweek for the season with an injury. Devastating news for Portland. I'm curious to see how they try to rebound from something like that. It's going to be difficult, but between this rivalry, the history here, and how good Seattle are and how must-watch they are all on their own right now, Portland-Seattle is number four on the list. Number five on this list is a matchup between two of the top four teams in the Eastern Conference based on points. It's the Columbus Crew taking on the New England Revolution. 
Columbus are fun. They're playing really, really enjoyable soccer right now. It's aesthetically pleasing stuff under Wilford Nance. They're in the back three. There's a lot of things to like about this team. New England are a little bit more uh, fluid and flexible from game to game. Carles Hildo is really coming back into his MVP level form. Dylan Barrero is a very highly rated young attacker that I'm not fully sold on. And so I'm interested to see more of him. There's just going to be a lot of talent on this field in Columbus to see if the crew can continue their momentum, to see if the Revs can continue to outperform their underlying numbers. There are storylines for this game. Number six on this list is the San Jose Earthquakes taking on Sporting Kansas City. Kind of like with Toronto-Atlanta earlier, just on a slightly lower level. There's going to be good soccer in this match. The Quakes came in against uh, the New York Red Bulls last weekend and tried to play. They tried to build at times through the Red Bulls press. Sporting Kansas City also are committed to that build-up style of play under Peter Vermees. So you've got the coaching battle between Vermees and Luigi Gonzalez. You have the question marks about can Sporting Kansas City really be more than they are right now, a team that's you know, near the bottom of the Western Conference, actually at the bottom of the Western Conference. You know, Can they do something more, and can the Quakes continue to rise up the standings in the West? I think this game is going to be aesthetically a very good matchup. Number seven on the must-watch rankings is Austin FC taking on the Vancouver Whitecaps at home. Another matchup where we should see some good soccer being played. Austin have not created very many chances this year, but they like to use the ball, and if you're someone who appreciates possession styles, they're still an enjoyable team to watch. You know, Can they come back and do something more than they've been, do something more than they've done so far this season? That's one side. The other side is Vancouver. How do they rebound from CCL? And you know what? Can they continue to create chances at an elite level? They've been one of the three best teams in MLS this year in XG. Like They are a good attacking team. What do we see against Austin? I think this one will be fun. They're seventh on the list. Number eight is NYCFC against Nashville. NYCFC again at home. We'll see them at Yankee Stadium. We saw this matchup in week one. It was the very first game of the MLS season, and Nashville by and large dominated. NYCFC didn't have a clear number nine. Talis Magna was up top. Fast forward to week eight, and NYCFC still don't have a number nine, and Talis Magna might still be up top. It also might be Gabe Siegel, who started you know, a couple of games recently in that position, but you know we're still seeing NYCFC evolve from week to week, and I'm curious to see if Nashville can deliver anything more than they've shown on the attacking side. Nashville NYCFC is eighth on the list. Number nine is Chicago-Philadelphia. Now, if you're looking for aesthetically pleasing soccer, this is not the game for you. Just straight up, go ahead and bump this a few spots down your own personal rankings, but I am kind of fascinated in a sick way by the Chicago Fire right now. Coming into the year, a lot of folks, myself included, just sort of penciled them in for the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Well, they've been better than a bottom of the Eastern Conference team so far this season. A lot of the underlying numbers have them as kind of a, a mid-table group. They've got a young, exciting American player in Brian Gutierrez who's playing the number 10 spot while Shakiri's been out with an injury. There are reasons to watch this Fire team, and I am following them along fairly closely to see if they can outkick their coverage over a longer period of time. I want to see what they bring to the table against a Philly team that will not be full strength after their midweek CCL game against Atlas. Number 10 on the list is CF Montreal against DC United. I think this could be a fun game. I think more likely it's going to be a weird game because CF Montreal in particular are just kind of a weird team. Right now they traded Kamal Miller and $1.3 million in general allocation money to Miami for Ariel Lasseter, who has never been a good MLS attacker, and Bryce Duke, who's an unproven central midfielder. Weird trades going on with Montreal right now, and DC United are still searching for an identity under Wayne Rooney. This has the recipe for something strange, and they're 10th on the list. Number 11 here is the New York Red Bulls taking on the Houston Dynamo. This game would have been higher if Hector Herrera wasn't out with a red card suspension and if the Red Bull situation wasn't so uncertain. Right now, we know that Dante Benzier will be away from the team or at least away from the field for a while. 
after uh, using a racist slur against the San Jose Earthquakes last year. We don't really know what the rest of the Red Bulls organization is going to do about that. They released some statements earlier this week, and I think they left almost everybody wanting more. The Red Bulls are going to press. We know that. The Dynamo will try to play through some of that pressure. I don't know that this is going to be a great game. Number 12 on the list is FC Dallas against RSL. Dallas are a fine team. I don't know if they're a great team. RSL, I'm pretty confident, are not a good team. Dallas should have the edge in this matchup. Number 13 is Charlotte FC taking on the Colorado Rapids. We should see some fun buildup in this game, and Charlotte FC are still searching for their best combination of players, and that makes the team interesting. The Rapids are dealing with injuries. Jack Price, of course, is out for the season. It hurts them. What version of the Rapids do we see, and can they continue to stabilize? We'll find out a little bit more this weekend. In the last game, the game that if you're watching 13 MLS games for some reason and you don't have time for 14, I would probably drop this one. It's Minnesota United against Orlando City. Minnesota, we know that they're not a particularly expansive or open or fun team right now without Emmanuel Reynoso in the side. Orlando City, they have talent, but they have not created chances this year. They've been towards the bottom of the league, at least in the bottom half, and basically every chance-creating metric. Uh, I think this one's going to be a bit of a slog with Orlando failing to break through Minnesota United. I hope to be wrong, though we'll find out this weekend. That is it for this episode of the Backfield Show. We made it through all 14 MLS games coming up this weekend. If you don't like our rankings, let us know. Let us know how you change things. Get at us at Backfield on Twitter. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating here in the Backfield Show feed and check out Backfield.com for more American soccer coverage. For now, we'll talk to you all again very soon. 